That's an excerpt from 1983, Ben Sturgill's Opus to Christmas, and uh, just an amazing tune, as all his tunes are amazing. And uh, that's one you should go check out on, uh, you know, find it on bensturgill.com. It's not on his iTunes yet, but I think he's uh, he's getting that up there. So uh, stay tuned for that, and I'll try to fill you in on some more information. And it's just, you know, an amazing song about family and the spirit of the holiday season. And I think it's fitting to this episode, uh, which is features my pop, Ken Calcaterra Sr., and Uncle Frank, Frankie Cheech Farina, my, my pop's uh, one of his closest friends from the days of the Navy, and how they've enjoyed this 50-year friendship. It's pretty amazing, 50 years being friends with someone. And uh, we all hear the term, blood is thicker than water, but... You know, family is really what we make of it. So I've had fortunate to have those kind of people in my life and have Uncle Frank, and it's just amazing. One of the early times that I had known Uncle Frank was when he was visiting his sons, Chris and Dominic, who they lived here with their mother. He lived in New York, and he was in town to to visit them. And I think it was, I think he had some Christmas gifts or some birthday gifts or something. And I remember we were at uh, my parents' house, and uh, as Ben, Ben alludes in the song, he talks about you know, watching Christmas movies with uh, cousins, and yeah, it's just a really, really awesome song. But uh, yeah, we unfortunately were not watching any Christmas movies. I think that was my first exposure to uh, the Kubrick movie, The Shining. Scared the hell out of me, and uh, you know, I thank Chris and Dominic for that. They were a few years older, and and uh, it was just a cool time. You know, summertime, such as, you know, this interview, this podcast is coming out in December, you know, this family theme thing. But uh, we recorded it in July. Uncle Frank was in town. We had a, a celebration of life, uh, a party, which I often have just to gather some amazing people. Uh, my good friends after Alberta, who hopefully you'll hear from them on a future episode of a, a podcast. They have a new CD coming out. They performed acoustic, Randy and Craig. Kevin had a had another gig with his uh, his other band, Ticket to the Beatles. But each, it was just a good opportunity to bring amazing people together and introduce him to this guy who uh, who I call Uncle Frank. So, uh, yeah, it was great that my, my pop had him visiting, and, you know, they had a good time together. So looking forward to uh, many more of those times and you'll hear them talk about a couple things on their bucket list that they want to do and uh, so love that guy and uh, glad to have him on this episode and glad to have you know friends who I consider family like Dr. Mark Holland who currently uh, is running a toy drive he in the past is teamed up with uh, Toys for Tots and he continues to do toy drives every holiday season as well as other charitable things. So I really appreciate what he does and his, just the example that he provides and the caring lovingness that he puts out to the community. He's uh, been a chiropractor for a number of years, has been a great businessman, been a great healer, and I just can't say enough about Dr. Mark Holland. And you can find out more about him at uh, mystlouischiropractor.com or chiroandrehab.com. And uh, just just a great dude that's always willing to help people out. And uh, I'm so privileged to have known him all these years since kindergarten. I've had nothing but uh, but uh, good treatment there, and I, I appreciate everything he's done. And Kevin Blumenkamp, I've, I've known Kevin a number of years now, and I'm just amazed by all the cool things he creates. 
you know, he works with metal and he's done some amazing things over the years. And it's just, it's just really cool to have these great friends, this great family, these great people in my life. So really appreciate Kevin and Ben Sturgill. I mentioned his music and, uh, he's just doing great things and he's, you know, he's wanting to put out a positive message to the world and he's, he's doing so. And just the, just the, um, just the feelings from listening to his songs. It's, it's amazing. You know, I listen to 1983 and it definitely takes me back to a time when I was a kid celebrating the holidays with my cousins and just, you know, listen to the song, you know, get, uh, you know, send me an email and, and you know, we'll, we'll get you more information about that, how you can get that. And uh, I'll put an excerpt, uh, another clip of that at the end of this, and you can hear some more. But great musician, great storyteller. So speaking of stories, we have a few from my, my pop and Uncle Frank. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with Calcaterra. And Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa and all the other holidays that you can celebrate. We're very fortunate in the United States that we have all these different cultures and everyone can celebrate and we can learn about those cultures. Cherish that diversity and just the wonderful people we have here. It's just really a lot of texture. Here they are, my pop and Uncle Frank. Oh, we're sitting here, we're getting ready for a wonderful celebration of life this evening. And of course, we have a special guest that's in town this week. Uncle Frank and Uncle Frank, I've always known you and and always have thought that that you're a funny guy. Funny? What do you mean I'm funny? Yeah, How like, am I funny? I amuse uh, you. It's it's like the way you talk, uh, uh, the 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 stories you tell. What stories? I don't tell stories. <laughs> always talks funny, right? Always. Yeah, of course, Uncle Frank. Uh, he How lo- you doing? He loves the movie Goodfellas, which is just a classic piece of American cinema from the great director Martin Scorsese and. So, Uncle Frank, you grew up in Brooklyn? Brooklyn, New York. Yes, sir. And uh, what are you doing here in St. Louis? Why, why are you here? Well, who would have thought that in 1966, a kid from Brooklyn would have went into the United States Navy and made a connection with a kid from St. Louis and have a lifelong friendship. And that's what I'm doing here, visiting my best friend forever, Cal, from St. Louis, Missouri. Mutual, Frank, buddy. So how many years, Pops, how many years uh, have the two of you been friends? 50 years, what, September? 50 years this September. Yeah, 50 years. So that's good. It's fitting that uh, we're having this celebration of life uh, close to, the, you know, celebrating the 50th anniversary of this wonderful friendship. Yes. So how did how did you guys meet? So you met in the Navy, but what what, what was the situation? We had a party, we were on the ship. What no, the, well, how did this go about? I was assigned to the USS Independence in September of 66, and Cal came in right behind me. I met him in early part of 67, and we just clicked. We became friends. We met on the ship. We, we were in the same uh, work division, or, and we had Liberty together. That's where the fun started. We had Liberty together, so that means we went on shore to all the different countries we visited and got drunk like sailors do and just have a lot of stories. My buddy's got a real good story. (laughs) Some of the stories we'll talk about here today, some others maybe not. We'll we'll leave that for private conversations. But 
the Navy's definitely, I spent time in the Navy and on an aircraft carrier, there's 5,000 people and it's a big city. So it's, uh, it's pretty amazing the people that you meet there and then the adventures that you have and the, the countries that you visit. What country? So you said you went on Liberty. Where were you at at that point? Um, I, let me remember, Cal, do you remember where we, did you come on the ship in Norfolk, Virginia, or did you get flown on while we were out at sea? No, it, it was Norfolk, Frank, when, when uh, it was in dry dock, remember? We were in, okay, uh, so I already did a portion of a med cruise. I came back for right. dry dock, and then you came aboard. Okay, we met stateside, but then we pulled out for a long cruise where we both uh had the spent the whole nine months nine months nine months on a cruise out at sea for like 30 days at a clip cal was my tractor driver one of the best drivers i've ever known in my life guy could back up a plane like nobody's business so that's what we did yeah yeah so you were on you were v1 or v3 were you in the- i was in a v3 division so we, you were on the uh, hangar we were in the hangar deck we would send the planes up to the flight deck get ready for flight ops and send them off the carrier so during the time, I mean, that was that was the Vietnam era. Yes, it was. Were, were you drafted or did you volunteer? I enlisted. Pretty yeah. smart, rather going to the Navy versus going into the Army. Yeah, and being, I enlisted for four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was that a decision for you both? Did you enlist, Pop, as well? Right, I did. I did. And so what was the thought process behind that? Was it enlist so you don't get drafted and well, you're not? Well, it was enlist so I don't go to jail, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's why I enlisted. Get off the streets of Brooklyn. Gotcha. So you were, uh, you were kind of, you, you fit the character of uh, when we talk about the movie Goodfellas well, or what was, I, what was I, your I wouldn't say I fit the character, but I definitely hung out with the characters and uh, I seen it all and I learned a lot from hanging out with the characters, but it was a good thing I got away or I would have been a dead character by now. So, well, yeah, I'm glad you got yeah. away as well because, uh. I wouldn't have known you. That's correct. And then... Uh, and you could have never called me uncle. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So that's, I mean, that's one of the great things about, you know, family is not always the ones that we're, you know, connected to with blood, but I, the ones that we choose. So I think that's... That's for sure. That's one thing you'll see, you know, when we have, um, of course, this podcast will come out after we have this wonderful celebration tonight, this great gathering of people, some of which are also guests on, on this podcast. So... But yeah, it's just that's the thing. These great people that you consider family, and it's always been wonderful knowing you as uncle. And and it's been fun when you've been here this week. Oh, like a, one of the jobs I'm doing right now, I'm at Anheuser Busch and bringing you up there, and then people saying, "That's your brother." Yeah. I mean, how has that been for you? That's a, you, you've commented on that a couple of times. Yeah, I was kind of in shock. That was very enlightening and very nice to hear. Yeah, it was good. I like I like that they think we're brothers because we are actually we brothers. Are. We are. We are brothers in my mind. Definitely. Yeah, and I think that's you know the people that you experience this this time on this planet with and develop those connections that's that's certainly true. So pop, when you first met Uncle Frank, what was what was it about Uncle Frank that you said, "Hey, I'm going to you know, I want to hang out with this guy, I want to be friends with this guy." Did you you know, what was what was the start of that like? Well, I I think I was attracted to Frank <clears throat> Attracted, yeah. <laughs> well, when you sleep uh, with nine people in a in a bunk area, yeah. I mean, yeah. he is a handsome fella, you know, ladies. And you stack he... you stack three three up in a bunk. So, but anyway, uh, 
Yeah, Frank intrigued me, and, and, and I got into him, his accent and, and his craziness. But I think something that really I was impressed with is when he sang a cappella. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they would do it, the New York and the New Jersey guys would do it all the time, and stand on a ship and do up and do up. And it was just, it just intrigued me. And he was funny. You said, you said it still is fun. Yeah. <laughs> fun to look at. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, you said the New York guys, so did you have a? There was a group of New York guys that hung out. Is it like we hung out with a bunch? Yeah, you know, growing up as a kid was really nice for me because it, it it we had all kinds of people. We had Polish guys, Spanish guys, we had Irish guys, Italian guys. We used to sing on the corner. You know. Uh, Nobody was different. We didn't put anybody in a different place. It was it was a beautiful time, and but you know some of the guys were rough, and some of the guys had different home bringings, and some of the guys would do bad things, and some of the guys wouldn't. But I guess I was smart enough to uh, know when I had to do what I had to do, and it, it was fun. It was fun. We had a, a lot of a lot of different uh, groups of individuals, and I would just basically. Uh, lean back and and who knew that I was going to have stories about that to tell later in life from uh, things that happened with all the guys I hung out with. Yeah, so would you say these groups are more than three? <laughs> Th these groups were more than three. <laughs> they were about 30 tree. 32. <laughs> so then, so, 32. so you meet my pop back in what, 1966? 1967 actually. 67? Yes. And so what was it you know, what was it like when you were meeting him? Well, did he have, to you, an accent? He did, to me, have an accent. What I, what, what I was intrigued by was the fact that I met somebody from the Midwest. I had met guys from the South before, and to me, they were dingbats. But <laughs> a guy from the Midwest, he had it on the ball. He was very intelligent, and uh, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to think about it and say it. All I know is we clicked, and we had good times together on the ship and off the ship. And... Uh, I don't know. It, it was fun. Like he was different. He was from the Midwest, and it was good because it gave me an opportunity to leave New York and visit the Midwest, which I did. And being stationed in Virginia, New York guys could take the trip home. It was a six-hour ride, so Cal got to visit New York a lot more. But the first time we planned a leave, which is more than a week or two weeks at a time, I was in St. Louis. And then the next thing I know, it became a family affair. My parents got involved. They knew his parents. They went down. Uh, my brother came down. Uh, it was just another family in another state that we grew very close to, and I'll hold that in my heart forever. And that's amazing, and that's creating that family. And, and I've heard the stories about your your family coming down and visit. You know, my, you know, I didn't know my grandparents that mm -hmm. well because uh, they passed when I was about five years old, mm -hmm. just turning five. And uh, so, so, but hearing those stories and hearing how welcoming they were and how welcoming your family was to Pop was really good. Now, now you had said, Pop, that a few times uh, Uncle Frank wasn't even right. up in New York and you would go visit his family there and hang right, out with them. Right, and, and I'll tell you what, it, it really makes you feel good because like Frank was saying, you, you could go, because of the situation in Vietnam, Every, everybody was, you know, at, supposedly at the ready and stuff, and they got to go up to New York because it was under 500 miles, and 
Well, of course, I lived in the Midwest, and I couldn't go anyplace. So. Exactly, unless we took leave. Yeah, and, and it was a lead situation. And I'll never forget, Frank said to me, Hey, Cal, uh, why don't you come up to New York? I said, sure. Sounds good, Frank. <clears throat> and there's a story behind that if you want to hear it. Well, love to. It's a podcast. Yeah. We're telling stories, yeah. so I'd love to, so, <laughs> love to hear it. Heck yeah. Never been to New York. I talked funny, according to New Yorkers, and that, that <laughs> was a plus for me because <laughs> it attracted quite a few no, ladies. It, it and, sure uh, did. It was yeah. good. Yes. But uh, anyway, my trip, I, I, get, I get on a Greyhound bus in Norfolk, Virginia, Get up to Dover, Delaware, which is a, a, a stopping point before mm -hmm. going in the city. And Frank told me, he said, well, you get to Dover, call me. And uh, so I know you're getting close. And this is before cell phones, so that was... Right, yeah, yeah. no cell phones. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Way before. Right. Yeah, I, had to, I had to dig for a dime to make the call. No, it was a quarter then, wasn't it? No, it was a dime. It was a dime. Yeah. It was a dime. Yeah. Hence the term dropping a dime. Yeah, dropping a, a dime. Dropping a dime, yeah. <laughs> So I call him and I said, Frank, I'm in Dover. And he says, oh, Kelly, that's great. He says, uh, call me. He says, you got my number. I said, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you know, I'm talking to you now, you know. And he said, okay, call me when you get to Port Authority. I said, oh, sure, it's not a problem. So anyway, I get to Port Authority, biggest bus depot, train station I've ever seen in my life. Zoo, more like it. <laughs> Four, 400 blocks long and 42 million people. And I get to the phone booth. And I reached in my pocket, and no phone number. I had no idea, no way to figure out how so to get a So you lost the phone number that you had I early? left it in Delaware. Oh, all right. <laughs> so here I am. I'm saying it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to the restroom, and uh, all of a sudden, I get, I get knocked down by transit authority police. Knocked down? Yeah, because they were trying to get past me to get in the restroom, because there were people doing things there they shouldn't oh. be doing. Oh, so they just didn't have to go really bad? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm walking around, I'm thinking, what do I do, what do I do? Well, of course, you know, you get ed educated in, in a lot of bars, education. So I, I uh, what was the name? Post and Coach. Post and Coach. Post and Coach bar. So I see this bar and I go in. Hey, I figure I'll sit here and, you know, find out anything I can. So I asked the bartender, you have a phone book? And he says, yeah, he said, I've got 11 full books. That's when I knew I was screwed. <laughs> I knew I was screwed. But the next bus, I checked on the bus, the next bus out was 10 o'clock at night. And uh, I was in a bar at four. Mm. And time's going on. I got to know a bartender real good. I mean, prince of a guy. Sure. Yeah, every third drink was free. It was nice. Sure. But anyway, about 9 o'clock at night, the phone, the phone rings. And... Uh, <clears throat> Bartender said, Cal, we, we got the first name basis. And he says, that phone call for you. And I said, huh? Well, I don't know anybody in New York. And lo and behold, it was Frankie's dad. <laughs> and he said, Cal. I said, Dad, what, 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 where are you at? I'm in the bar. He said, don't move. Stay there, we'll come get you. <laughs> He had the wherewithal being in the Navy and knowing me and Frank and like we're proving the bars a lot. Mm. He had the wherewithal to call. And there it was, in the story. So you were the, was this bar, was this the closest bar to Port Authority? Or it was, was in Port Authority. Oh, it was in Port Authority. Oh, yeah. Port Authority. Then you had to leave. <laughs> so yeah, that's... It was good. That's fantastic because I think in this day and age, people just don't do that kind of follow-up. So maybe that's... 
uh, well, if you're, you're that close with people, but it seems like in this day and age, if you miss a connection that, yeah, I, I don't know if people are that will go to, to investigate and figure out where you are. I so this was, this we, was at what? So you're at four o'clock. You drove in. This was at 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. Okay. Yeah, Cause we were waiting for him. We knew he had oh, yeah. that Liberty weekend. We were waiting and waiting. And my dad, he, he loved when we came around cause he was a partier and me and Cal and him would sit at the table and have some drinks and go out for Chinese food. That was the first night we come in. And then the next two nights we were on our own. And then, uh, you know, he would say goodbye to the folks on Sunday. But I, if I remember correctly, we had uh, changed divisions or something. Because we used to be in the same, not division, four, you got the four. That's why I got transferred to ABA. Uh, yeah, that was oh, division. You were yeah, it was yeah. division. Is that what you call them? The four, yeah. you had, no, there's another word. Yeah, one, v, two, three, four. V1. No, not, the, not the V1. I got transferred to V6. No, not that. The actual, uh, the groups, like one and three and two and four went on the... Oh, delivery, delivery things. Yeah, right. the, the, we did. Whatever group you went. So we got switched. Oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah. That's why he would... It, it used to actually annoy me because now I had the duty... And he was in section. Section. That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Section yeah, one. Yeah. I, we were both in section yeah. four together when we were overseas, so we went, always went on liberty together. But somewhere along the line, like he said, uh, we changed the uh, sections. So now I had the weekends duty, and and Cal would have off, and we didn't know what to do with each other when we were apart. So <laughs> he would go to New York by himself. And my parents welcomed him, and he was there, oh, absolutely. And, and he loved absolutely. it. it and I was on the ship annoyed because he was home with my parents, <laughs> and I was I had the weekend duty. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah. Well, that's good stuff. So, so then you went... All right, so we, you talked about overseas. What, what are some of these overseas adventures that... Uh, well, what are some well, of the places you went... And, some well, trouble you got into. Well, it's hard to recollect when you're drunk all the time, but uh, <laughs> I remember one story. We went on Liberty together in Palma de Mallorca, Palma de Mallorca, Spain. And, you know, the funny part about those countries was when you don't speak the language, all you do is hand, hand out your money. You don't know what they're taking. And the cab drivers were the best part of the story because they would really rip you off. And we would always get into fights with cab drivers. But there's one particular time I don't know if we were asking a cab driver to take us to a certain spot or a certain bar or just take a tour of the town. I don't know, but you know the story better than me because it no. involves a cabbie and, and a cactus tree. That's all I remember. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to recall that one. And, uh, well, I, I think, first of all, we beat the cab driver out of the, the fair. Yeah, out of the fair. And we were running. And that... Oh, no, 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 no. Are you sure you got the right one? Well, I don't know. How did you get stuck in the well, cactus he, bush? Well... <laughs> Now, here's my story. Okay. It was in Athens. Oh, Athens, okay. We were in Athens with the group, Richie Banks and oh, Eddie boy. and uh, yeah, the yeah. old three yards, you know. Yeah. And we were at the restaurant. Remember the restaurant? And we ordered all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And there's Cal and these guys bolt <laughs> and leave me sitting there. And I haven't got a clue, and it's my birthday. I love these guys. It was. It's my birthday, I'm getting hammered, and they bolt, and I'm sitting there, and I said, holy shit. <laughs> and I got the late start in running, and of course the proprietors were coming after me, and the rest of the guys already gone. And that's when I hit, 
the encounter with the cactus. Yeah, Dickie jumped over some sort of railing and landed right in the right cactus. Right into the bunch. cactus. Ooh. So, yeah. so if you're stuck, are you stuck in this cactus, or did you just hit it and run? Well, it no, no, he, he hit it, it and run, but they was a lot stuck in him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they they got me, and I said, you know, I, I had what five dollars. <laughs> I had five dollars. You know, five. Well, I I can't pay this. So they got the shore patrol, shore patrol come over, blah, blah, blah. And the guy, I think he lent me some money. Yeah. Yeah, sure. he lent me some money. Shore patrol lent you some money? Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was like a buck or two. Yeah. So I wouldn't, you know, have to go to Captain's Mass and all that stuff. But. So so how much was the was the bill at that point? Oh, gosh, I think it was maybe maybe 10 bucks. Yeah, about 100 pesadas. Yeah, yeah. 100 pesadas, yeah. All right. So, I, I remember something about us running away from a cabbie too Cab well, they, we did do that because he was nasty uh, yeah. or I don't know we were drunk and we just took off from the cab driver and yeah. ran down some narrow streets I forget where what it was got some laundry put in our face because all the laundry hanging out on the lines might have been in uh, Italy oh I remember that I remember, remember that that narrow street yeah. with the laundry hanging out the windows all, all the narrow streets oh my god <laughs> unbelievable yeah, they were a lot of fun days. A lot of fun days. Yeah, so how long did each of you spend in the Navy? I did four years. I went in for four, but uh, President Nixon gave us a three. I went in June of 66, and I was due to get out in June of 70, but I got out in March of 70, right a couple of days after my 23rd birthday. March 2nd was the birthday. I got out on March 6th. So I got a three-month cut from Tricky Nick. I did too. Yeah. I did too. And that was the, because of the Vietnam War. They were pulling everybody out at the time, but the, a lot of conflictions. And you, you and you spent all your time on, on the independence? In the beginning, I, I did a small, uh, the tail end of the Westpac cruise. Very small, maybe a month. Then we came back and we went to Norfolk. And then... Um, then I think Cal came on the ship after we were in dry dock. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cal, the ship was in dry dock for what? About a, a year. year. Yeah. Oh, chip and paint for a year. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> God, did that suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and all you got to do was go to town in Virginia, which wasn't pleasant. That's why yeah, dogs we and went home. Keep out the grass. Right. And it was good we were close because, like I said, we could go. We could drive to New York on weekends and get there in six hours. So if our liberty started on Friday, we were up there Friday evening, and we would leave it Sunday night. Sit in the post and coach, have a drink, wait for the Greyhound bus, sleep on the bus, and get back in the morning about 6 a.m. and go to uh, roll call. Yep. Tired as hell. <laughs> and then just ship life, living in uh, the birthing area, the cubicles that they had. How yeah. was it? Did you have... I mean, in that day and age, was there, you know, overall good guys? Was there a lot of dirt bags with yeah, draft? They, they were dirt bags. There was a couple of guys we just called them mud ballers. They never took showers. But the, when you think about it now, it was tight quarters. But when you're 19 years old, you accept anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you get out of your bunk, you're right next to another guy. I think we were three on both sides, yeah, bottom, both middle, sides. and top. And then we had two. So it was three, yeah. three, six, twelve guys in oh, one right. little cubicle. Yeah. Back then, did they have the term? So somebody that went to went to bed without taking a shower, or was it called hot racking back then? I never heard that term. Yeah. I heard I heard mud ball. 
Mud bowling. Mud bowling. Scrounge. Yeah, yeah. Hot rack and Oh, how about that other thing? We grabbed a couple guys that if they didn't take a shower within two or three days, we would grab them and give them the, what'd they call that? The... The GI shower, the brush shower, yeah. steel wall shower. Steel, yeah, we would hurt. Oh him. my god! Yeah, yeah. I mean, we would we would brush him with hard bristle brush, and uh, he would take a shower every time after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you know, hygiene's important. Just when you, yeah, when you just one away. or two, one or two guys would do that. But my cubicle was pretty good. Were you in my cubicle? Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were in the top. I was in the top, and I was in the middle. That's uh, correct. I was right. In the top. Yeah, there's the low one on the floor, low to the floor. I was the middle one, and Cal was above. Yeah, I think I, I had a low rack for, for a couple times, and we moved birthing areas. I had a middle rack, which I, I like the middle rack. Better. I like the middle rack, too. It was nice. And we had some good guys. We had two guys from New Jersey on the other side of us. I'll never forget this one guy at the end. Willis D. Smith. <laughs> yeah, I remember. What a bird this guy was. <laughs> Dillon, South Carolina. You talk uh, about stories. This guy used to... Remember the chickens? Oh, uh, Oh my God! I don't even know if I could talk about that. What did he had chickens on the ship? No, he had chickens where he grew up on a farm, and he would have sex with the chickens. The guy was a nutcase. He used to tell us, "Man, you ain't had sex until you had a chicken. You put the head of the chicken in the drawer. You do your business. You slam that drawer. That chicken's head flies off, and why you take off? Are you kidding me?" Yeah, but this is what they do in Dillon, South do. Carolina. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, he was oh, a sick gosh. puppy. He was definitely a sick puppy, that yeah. guy. Yeah, and did you have? Uh, I mean, Pop was telling me once, just like with thieves, when he had thieves on the ship. Did you you have a lot of thieves? Like back then, he would just throw somebody off the ship. Was that correct? Thieves, as far as what were they taking? Yeah, just whatever. I don't remember too much of that. I don't think I ever got uh, anything stolen. Yeah, I had I, I had something stolen when I was on the America from your locker. Uh, from the office I worked in, I was getting some parts, and a guy comes in. He's wearing coveralls, and I go back. This is when I first get there, and uh, I'm looking around. This is some CDs, a little book of twelve CDs. You know, nothing big, but I'm thinking like, where did I put those CDs? I'm looking around, and he was he comes in. I I, I tell him I can't find the part. He says, Oh, I'll, I'll, let me come back. He was kind of fidgety, and then I can't find these things, so I go report it. And then they go find it by his rack. And then come to find out, he was <laughs> he was a friends with one of the guys that worked in my office. And that guy was head captain's mask for smoking marijuana on the boat. Wow. And then, but but this other guy, come to find out, he was stealing all over the ship. He would steal laptops from staterooms, uh, from the officers' staterooms. And this was a time when laptops weren't that common. And uh, I mean, this guy was stealing everything. And a guy in my shop knew it. And uh, Guy, this guy had captain's mask. Goes up there, and I had to stand in on the captain's mouth mask. And my, I think at this time it was dress blues. It was that that particular uniform. And uh, he asked the captain. He said, "Oh, you know, sir. You know, captain asked him what what should I do with you? He said, you know, sir, I'd like to finish out my time. The captain's like, ah, not going to happen, and and booted him out. But yeah, I mean, it was just you. You're living in this confined environment you don't confined know. spaces yeah. and you know this guy was sure you meet guys everybody. from all you meet guys from all over the world yeah. all over the states yeah. and you don't know who's who and then, then pop said oh back in my day if we caught somebody a thief like that we would just throw him off the ship basically <laughs> basically but i think it got worse in, in years to come when you guys went because my brother was in after me but before you and uh he heard the same stories the sailors were different 
in were, that day. There were. In, in the 60s, I don't know, it was a whole different generation, and uh, I don't remember too much bad stealing and missing no, things. No, And maybe there's a little more honor then, or, you know. So maybe I, so. The, the attitude, I think, was... It was the attitude. Yeah. It was a different time. I mean, you, when were you in, in the, in the 80s or the 70s? Uh, that was I was in uh, went in ninety three oh, okay. ninety five and then I did the reserves for all right four yeah years. right okay that's that's a big big difference we never smoked marijuana on the ship no Montego Bay no matter of fact my not, brother told me a lot of ship. stories about that uh, when he was in the sailors it was all about drugs on ships and uh, we we didn't have that. We were a bunch of good guys, I think. Well, basically, back it was then, a different generation. Yeah. We got in trouble. Don't get me wrong. We did a lot of crazy things, but I don't know. It was different growing up. I enjoyed those days. It was I different growing up. Way different. Didn't have other than what was going on in Vietnam. We didn't have a lot of stress. No, that's we really true. didn't. I mean, you know, we were in a situation that you know, away from home and all this stuff, and you made the best of it, and, and you made friends, and, and you got on with your life. You, you didn't really, uh, you know, really let, you know, you know, what's the word I want? Uh, it was just good. It was all good. Yeah, so, and you guys were, you guys were in, in Europe, in the Mediterranean, correct? The Independence? We, we, we had a lot of, uh, a lot of ports. We had uh, Malta, Spain, uh, matter of fact, we did the Westpac together. Yeah, not the Westpac. I'm yeah. sorry, the North Atlantic, the NATO cruise. We went to England. Yeah, right. You were yeah. there for that Piccadilly one. Piccadilly Circus. Piccadilly Circus. We went to yeah. England. Uh, back then, the discos were big. Oh yeah, and uh, English girls. Oh, yeah. uh, it was a lot of fun. Sure. We went to Athens. We took a tour in the Parthenon. We saw the House of the Seven Virgins. Uh, <clears throat> Genoa, Italy, Pisa, Italy, where the Leaning Tower of Pisa is. Uh, Thessaloniki, Greece, yeah. Athens, Greece, Palma, Spain, Madrid. Uh, yeah, I we saw. I I saw a lot, you, but I was young. You, you, know? you were on a ship when we had to go to Toulon, um, uh, France, when we lost to the radar. France, when we looked uh, Istanbul, Turkey. Yeah, it was right next to Nice, uh, yep. which was in far nice, from France. The we were to. Yep. Oh, it was nice. Yep. Uh, yeah, what, what's your favorite place to, that you saw back then? That you saw? You, you mean what was my favorite favorite country? Yeah, yeah. What was one one place that you if you could go to again, you would you would check out again and revisit? Well, I would probably say Italy right off the top of my head because I'm Italian and I'd like to go back to Italy as a civilian. But if I think about the country I had the most fun in, I don't know. It, it would be a number of them. We had fun everywhere we went. England, we had a lot of fun. England, and I like France. Yeah, France, we had a lot of, a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, France was nice. Spain, we got in a lot of trouble for some reason. We I, did. I just think <laughs> Spanish people weren't our thing. Uh, no sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so at this point, with, with being in like the NATO tour, what kind of operations was it, was a ship doing at that time? Or was it kind of... What kind of no, operations? Nothing extreme because no, everything well, was going it, on it, in Vietnam? It, it was wartime, but uh, I guess it was just the political obligations going to all the different places. The NATO cruise was nice. It was just basically England. It was only England. And we pulled in to uh, Portsmouth, England. Yeah, Portsmouth. Yeah, and then we took a tour, or we went out on our own. 
We hit the town of London. We saw the discotheques. We saw the uh, Piccadilly Circus. Piccadilly Circus. Yeah. It rains a lot, so it was kind of gloomy there. I don't know. I don't know if we spend that many that much time there. Maybe a few days or a week. But it was an experience to 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 be in England because I've never been in England other than that time. Yeah, let's talk funny. You talk English. Very. Yeah, very. Well, well, my first time to New York was in during Fleet Week in 1994. Right. And that's uh, and it was really cool being able to go to your house on Staten Island. And, right. And I had, you know, I did really well, worked hard, so it I was, had had some extra liberty, so I didn't have to report in every day. So it was kind of nice to hang out and get away from the ship and just, you know, check some things out. So it was it was great seeing you there. Yeah, it was cool so, when your dad called me to tell me. My son's in the Navy, he's on the America, and he's going to be in New York for Fleet Week that they do every year now. So I immediately uh, went, met you guys, went on a carrier, we went saw where you lived, it brought back all those memories. It was nice, that carrier, USS America. And then it ended, and like you said, you came out to Staten Island, and we did whatever we did there. Yeah, the party on the... Uh uh, was it the Intrepid? What, what's the what's the, ship? the, Intrepid, the museum? Yeah, the, the Intrepid. Museum, yeah, yeah. That was a cool time going there. You know, having having the party there. That's so right. It was, uh, well, it was. That's it was. right. That's where we went. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it, you know you guys were with me, so you got to go there. And then Chris hung. Your son Chris hung out with us. And yes, that, that he was did. Great, yes. really getting to know him. Yeah, he did. And then he was pretending he was like uh, like undercover because. <laughs> I had the uniform, he didn't, and he was like telling the girls, yeah, yeah, I'm an undercover guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think I helped him spin that story. Yeah. I was, I, I forget what all the terms were. I yeah. said, yeah, tell him you're such and such in this. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to be in the Navy, but he had civilian clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was it was fun hanging out with him and taking, you know, showing him the ship and and all that good stuff. But, uh, and so what are you, what are you doing now? So you're in, in New Jersey right now? Yeah, I left New York when I retired about 10 years ago, and I moved to uh, New Jersey, down the shore where the nice beaches are, and uh, I bought a house there and retired to a nice quiet area, and uh, that's where I stay. And you're, you're a big fan of the uh, television show Jersey Shore? Not really. I've wa- I've watched it, but that's you know to me that's a little kooky for me. These kids, the way they act nowadays, especially on that TV show, it's a little, little out there for me. Now, didn't you go visit, take a tour of that house? We did. We did. We took a nice tour of that house because I had a buddy with me, and he was dying to go in there so he could make a video and show it to his daughters who were avid watchers of the show. Yeah, so we went in and we looked at all the rooms and, you know, we saw where Snooky was doing this and Snooky was doing that. And, and Snooky was doing... <laughs> everybody. And... <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty cool, actually, to be on the premises of a place where a show that really, really made it. <laughs> when you guys came up uh, in November, uh, what, two years ago, and we went to the boardwalk... We pointed out the house, but of course it was November winter time. Everything is desolate. So yeah, that trip that was that was a fun trip. Checking out the shore. I've never been there, and taking some some fun pictures of you, which I'll I'll post. I enjoyed that. But at that point, it was that was where we were there. Was that last year? Was that two, no? That was two thousand fourteen. Correct. So that was basically twenty years from Fleet Week. So I hadn't seen you. We we talked a little, but uh, really hadn't seen you in twenty years. Right. That was the first time I saw you. 
Yeah, so so we were up, uh, took Pop up to Connecticut when I was shooting an interview with Bernie Siegel. Right. And uh, was like, yeah, we have to go see Uncle Frank. Haven't seen him in a while. So he spent a week with you, and that was that was a fun trip. I, I mean, I only spent a couple days, but it was good that you guys had that time, and here you are now. So uh, you just came came back from Florida? You spent some time down there? Yes, I have some son and granddaughters in Florida, so I went down there. I spent the month. And then I came home for four days, and then I came to St. Louis. And I'm spending uh, about nine days here. All right, so movies. You're watching a lot of movies these days? Uh, I've watched a lot of movies in my uh, in my lifetime, but basically uh, as a teenager, all the way up to now, with the exception of the time I was in the service. I think I got into more TV when I um, come out of the service, and I was married, and you become a husband and a home person with the children, so you watch a lot of movies. And nowadays, you know, it's all about reality shows. But I, I kind of like uh, the older movies. And I always liked uh, the dramas and the gangster movies. My best actor was James Cagney, if anybody know who he was. Uh, see? What did I tell you, see? James, no, that was Edward he, G. Robinson. Oh, <laughs> James Cagney was the original Scarface. No, that was, that was uh, Paul Muni. Oh, shit. No, no, he was... Uh, oh, what's the Cagney movie? Now Cagney movie like is, is, is White Heat. They they tagged Cagney with saying, you dirty rat. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when Cagney accepted the Academy Award, he made it clear. He never said, you dirty rat. But every impersonator, and one of the best impersonators was a guy by the name of Frank Gorshin. He impersonated Cagney, and he always said, you dirty rat. But Cagney never said that. But I don't know, it stuck with him. And, uh, yeah, he was one of my favorite actors. I mean, to date now, I'm talking uh, Pacino and De Niro. But uh, at my age, I liked uh, Jimmy Cagney back then. I thought he was the best song and dance man. He was an excellent mobster when he did those type of movies. It's ironic that they had uh, some information on how they made those movies. And when they were actually shooting the weapons, they were actually firing bullets. Really? Yeah, like yeah, a forty-five. Yeah, and uh, and they interviewed uh, Cagney about it, and he said, well, "We just do it every day. It's no big deal." <laughs> and I'm thinking, live ammunition. That's what they did. But they, you know, they staged it to where hopefully no one got killed. But yeah, White Heat. Unbelievable. One of my favorite movies, White Heat and actually Angels with Dirty Faces. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. That was an yeah. excellent movie. He was just a bad criminal. And it dealt with the uh, East Side Kids, the, what they called them, East Side Kids. They called them uh, different names they had for them. But they were in that movie. And he was like their idol and I loved the way it ended because he he wouldn't uh, back down but he definitely turned yellow at the end and that's what the kids he didn't want the kids to see but they knew he was yellow and then they didn't go into a life of crime because of that 
Yeah, that's a that's a great movie. But but one of the all time classics I think that we like the most is is Goodfellas. Oh, without a doubt. Which is without a doubt Goodfellas. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, so many great lines. Great I mean, lines. We yeah. started out with the with the you're funny, you know, the which was improv. It was all improv. Joe Pesci, best supporting actor. Yeah, it was all improv. You're funny. Why am I funny? Why am I so funny? What the f is so funny about me? Do I amuse you? Hendry. Yeah, Hendry. That was another good part. Hendry. I had you, Hendry. I I you. I don't know about you, Hendry. You may fall under questioning. Yeah, yeah. And then he grabs the guy by the tie. He says, "I went to this guy's christening. Why are you bugging me? Why are you breathing in my neck?" Maury. He's like. Wrapping the fork. Oh man, it's it's so bad, but it's so good. You know, this this seeing, just just that life. I mean, really, they bring you they bring you into that world, and yeah. it's just he did everything so authentic. He grew up in that era, so he knew the lines, he knew the innuendos. He just it, it was it was really. Janice Rossi, you have a whore living in apartment four A. <laughs> <laughs> He's my man. Get your own goddamn man. Where was that from? That's from Goodfellas when uh, when his wife Karen, played by Lorraine oh, Rocco, that's went correct. to, yeah. went okay. to his mistress's right. apartment. Right, right. <laughs> You're a whore, Janice Rossi. <laughs> You're a whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe Pesci. I don't think he's doing much these days, but he. Well, he I, plays a lot of golf in New Jersey. He owns a beautiful place in New Jersey. He has his own golf course. Yeah, I know a few fellas that I go to the gym with that actually live by him. And they say he's a very nice guy to play golf with. That's what he's doing. And did you know that he was a musician and he played with the Four Seasons? I had no idea. I learned that when I went to see Jersey Boys. He is actually a character in the play on Broadway in Jersey Boys. And he played with them early on. Before they were Four Seasons, they were the Four Lovers. But he pursued acting, which I think he made the smart move, because the Four Seasons turned out to, I mean, I think all of them are gone except Frank, Frankie Valley. And uh, there was a lot of drugs with them. One of them passed away because of heroin. Uh, Frankie Valley lost his daughter because of heroin over overdose. And that was all in the play. But Joe Pesci... Uh, they all grew up in Belleville, New Jersey, and that's where the Four Seasons got it started. And they, they named the group after a bowling alley that they used to frequent all the time and hang out at. So, uh, but Joe Pesci, yeah, he is, uh, he's one of a kind. To ad-lib that scene at the restaurant with Henry and just have everybody in stitches, it was hilarious. Yeah, I think one of the, one of my favorite Joe Pesci movies, which I haven't watched forever, I need to revisit it. My cousin Vinny. Oh yeah, that's a real good one. Utes, Utes, Utes. We got two Utes. What's a Ute? <laughs> What's so, a Ute? So you're saying grits? The magic beans cook quicker on your stove. You have a magic stove? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. The best shot was when he's in that cabin and he can't sleep because of the owls. Right. And he just comes. <laughs> firing <laughs> yeah yeah that movie is yeah that's that's one I haven't seen it I, I can't really recite the lines to that because I have I'm, I'm not great at reciting lines but I haven't seen that movie forever yeah I haven't seen it maybe a couple years ago I've seen it and the girl Marissa Tomei, Marissa Tomei won the uh, best supporting actor. best supporting yeah. that year you know well, that's something she's a, and she's a Brooklyn girl but she she threw a little more slang into her uh, speech and it, she was good she was real good. 
and and he gets the Oscar for uh, best supporting actor. He got for Goodfellas. Well, before Good, I mean, he didn't. He wasn't in a lot. Goodfellas was was a movie that that really, made him that made him. But but I don't know if a lot of people you know that he was in Raging Bull in, oh. in 1980. So oh, like ten an- years. Prior. Another excellent movie. Yeah, he was in Raging Bull. Yeah, that was real good too. Very good. Yeah, and then he went on to Casino. And he Casino. Played a, lot of, a lot of the mob movies, and he did a lot of those. Like a lot of dumb comedies, like Gone Fishing and like, right. like that. He, he did know. the uh, Home Alone movies. Yeah, which wasn't they bad. They were good. No, yeah, they were yeah, good yeah, for yeah, the for kids that, in the yeah. family movie. They were good. But he was a good comedic uh, as well. But I, I think his his thing was the wise guy. Because yeah. just his voice and his mannerisms, he, uh, he was just born with that gift. Have you heard of this album? No. Oh, you have not. Oh, you're no. for a treat. I didn't know he had an album. Oh, it's fantastic. What it, is it? A music or a, 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 a joke it, album? Or? It's kind of both. Really? It, but, I mean, he's a he's a pretty good singer. Really? And, uh, he yeah. plays guitar too, very well. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of his songs, uh, and plays a piano. I don't know if he plays a piano or not. I think it's somebody else playing a piano. But it's he's kind of croning and it's funny. Like one of them's like. Why don't you take this love and shove it up your ass? How long has he had an album? <laughs> uh, I think I had it in <laughs> like '96, maybe. I remember I had it in college. Oh wow, but, that goes back, so and like, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, that's crazy. We're gonna that, have to we're gonna have to play some of that later. Yeah, that's <laughs> odd that I I missed that. Usually, I I I, I well. I don't know what it's I was great. doing. I, w- I would lend it to you, but I want to I want to experience that album oh, yeah. with you. Of course, it's called. Uh, so his character from My Cousin Vinny. Vincent Labardia uh, Gambini. Gambini. So, so that's how he has. That's probably why you haven't heard of it because he has that name on the album. Oh. So it's not like Joe Pesci. Pesci. It's you know he has the name of his character that does the album. Now you say album. It's an album yeah, because it's a whole, it wasn't a CD. It was the well, old fashioned albums. Well, or? CD album. Yeah. Oh, it's a CD. I, I, I call it album, but oh. yeah, it's uh you know that's the term that I guess transcends whatever format it's on. Mm-hmm. That's the collection of songs would be an album. But he, uh, yeah, he, he has that, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. So we'll have to listen to that. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I'll put, I may put a few of those songs on my playlist. For it's the all him alone? Celebration of Life. It's, uh, it's him alone in the whole album? or Oh, uh, yeah, and he has like accompaniment and all that. So yeah, it's funny. And then Marissa Torme, she's in there like in character yelling at him in one of the songs. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's fantastic. So what else? What, what, new movies. So you like the older mafia movies? Anything else new that you said? Wow, that's great. Or this actor, or this particular oh, I director. Like, I like a lot of actors, a lot of directors. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any new movies that really move me. Uh, no, I can't. Yeah, you know, I haven't you mentioned watched. some. I could. I just can't. Yeah, there's there's nothing. I mean, I, I, a lot more television with HBO. There's a lot of great shows that I watch. Yes, yes, that I like. Uh, Boardwalk Empire, which Scorsese had a hand in. That was uh, very well. Yeah, I, I thought the um, the uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, that's the same format. So I think he did. You know, he does great with those kind of movies. Uh, the flashbacks, the voiceover. You know, the breaking the fourth wall and and the. You know, having these characters talk to talk to the audience, and you, you you know you he does it in such a way where these guys are scumbags, but you really you you really like these characters. You want you want to see them do well, even though they're scumbags. And right. to me, that's that's a sign of good drama or great filmmaking or storytelling when you know that like yeah, I shouldn't like this guy, but I kind of do. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, well, that's that's what they want too. Sure. Yeah. So that's. Uh, yeah, that's some good stuff. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I've been waiting. You know, I've been trying to figure out. I need to. Uh, I'm not a disciplined writer, 
you know, want to write a role and and put you in something at some point. Have you have you been in movies? No. All right. Well, we'll have to. Uh, I went to a lot of uh, cattle halls, so to speak. I went to. I read a few things, but I was doing this back in the seventies when I came out of the service. Uh, I read for a lot of different parts. I read for a part in the movie that was called uh, Apache. Uh, Fort Bronx Apache. That's it. Fort Apache, the Bronx. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was back Paul, in the day. Paul, Paul Newman was in that, and a guy by the name of uh, I can't think of his first name. Wall was his last name. Matter of fact, he had a TV series on the on on TV. It was called Wise Guy. Nice looking guy. Uh, something Wall. W A H L. He was in this movie Fort Apache, also with uh, with um, Paul Newman. And uh, and an Olympic Dukakis was in it. I read for that part. They called me up, but I never got it. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to. We we met the brainstorm. We'll have to brainstorm some kind of character and just go over dialogue. And I'll write down your dialogue. I would have we'll, loved. We'll we'll figure that out. Yeah. Well, what are you doing these days? I am retired, so I am trying to live my life to the fullest. I did forty years of work. I did four years in the service. I retired, and uh, now it's my time. So I try to do as many nice things as I can, and my goal is to start traveling, keeping in touch with people. We're on the home stretch, as I say, and I just want to enjoy the rest of my life as much as I can with good people and loved ones. Well, it's great. Works for me. So uh, down in Florida, Pops, you're going to go visit him down in Florida, go to Miami? Oh, absolutely. Without There's a doubt. no doubt in my mind. Without and the other thing we've been talking about, and I've mentioned it to him a couple of times, we're going to make a bucket list. And we're going to take the motor home, mm. and we're going to Deming, New Mexico. the bucket list. Yes. One of our stops at Deming, New Mexico. New Mexico. Got some property down here. I'm looking to get rid of it. And just uh, check out the place. And anywhere else Cal wants to go is fine with me. Follow the road. And then over the years, were you investing in a lot of property? It's, you have a place in Pennsylvania? You have some- I had a country house in Pennsylvania I bought in 1984. And I just turned that over to my oldest son, who lives in Pennsylvania. It's a little country house. It's a mobile home on a quarter acre of land, but it's a beautiful place. They got swimming pools. It's all family orientated. They have a clubhouse where the adults could go have drinks. They have a, a game room. They have a, a beautiful outdoor uh, um activities for kids and I like I said I turned it over to my son um, I left New York when I retired I sold a house in Staten Island I moved to New Jersey and um, I have three sons all of which had boys except for the third one so I guess those little girls get to me uh, thing is they're in Florida so now at my age I figured um, maybe I'll turn into a snowbird I'm going to spend a couple months in the winter in Florida so I could spend time with the girls, get out of New Jersey snowstorms, and hopefully uh, enjoy my life. Yeah, one, one thing that you do, and how important is it keeping in shape and, and keeping active? To me, that's very important. I've been, I've been exercising a long time. I, 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 I always was active. I uh, ran marathons, too. 
Oh, I, I, did not, uh, I did not know that. Yeah, I ran the New York City Marathon. I ran a number of half marathons. I never had problems. I never had hurt knees like runners get, but I got out of running so that wouldn't happen. And uh, I don't know how it happened. I just took, uh, uh, I always, you know, worked out with some weights and just do, did home exercises. And then I took up swimming. And now I, I love swimming. It's less on the joints. It's They say it's a full body workout. So I s- try to swim five days a week for about an hour each day. Gives me maybe a mile and a half of swimming. And I enjoy that. It keeps me in shape, I hope. And um, my main thing now is, you know, as you get older, the word medication comes into your life. So medications I try to stay away from. So, so far I've been lucky. And I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. That's what the doctor says. Keep doing what you're doing. So, yeah. taking his advice. So, you haven't you haven't had to start using Viagra yet? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't had that problem yet. If you want to get into that. <laughs> well, and that's, that's part of the reason for wanting to... Keep in shape and uh, be active, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean that. But no, I'm saying one, <laughs> recording this podcast, not... Yeah, I mean, keeping in shape and active keeps you away from having to, to use medications and, and right. Viagra. But right. but looking back and just saying of how, I guess, that legacy or having something that, like this podcast, is something to capture, I guess, maybe the energy of the people, you know, the loved ones, these, these people I find interesting in my life. And that's why I really wanted to do this. And you guys being, you know, the close friends... And it's, I think it's nice to have this. So you can listen to this whenever you want. You can share it with, with your family. He can share it with his friends. And it's yeah. just nice to introduce everyone to you who's, you know, you're going to meet a lot of people when we have this celebration today. But yeah, it's just nice to be able to, to hear that voice, and, you know, whenever I want. So it's really cool. Mm. Yeah. So what's, so, so you said bucket list. We'll just finish up with, with what's next and where you see the next. <sighs> I don't know, what, 20, 15, 20 years of your friendship? How long you plan on staying on this rock? Well, if I stay healthy and keep doing what I'm doing, I'd like to be here a long, long time. But, you know, if I'm here another 10 or 15, I'll be lucky. In those years, my bucket list will consist of going on that road trip with my buddy Cal. It would, I'd like to go back to Italy I would like to, I got a few things that are things that probably everybody did that I never did. I'd love to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I would love to go to Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame. I would like to go to the Metropolitan Opera in Manhattan, New York City. I've never done that. I would like to do that. Put on a tux, what do they call it? Black tie? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. go, and go to the Metropolitan Opera. Even if I don't know what the hell they're talking about, <laughs> I would just like to go. And uh, what else do I got on my... I guess that's a few things on my bucket list I could think of right off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, those are some good ones. I, those are a few. Not necessarily more, you know, calling it a bucket list, but I'd love to see Cooperstown and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. What about you, Pop? What are some of the things you want to do? Well, I, you know, I don't do skydiving. I've always thought, why well, jump out of a perfectly good airplane when you don't have to. Hmm. Uh, but I would like to do parasailing and the powered type. Mm. Yeah, with like one of those rocket things on your back where you're in the... <laughs> That's pretty oh, nice. No, yeah, I, I, I've seen Where they those. keep you up in the, war, up in uh, the air. See, I, I want to try that. That's yeah, pretty yeah, nice, that's yeah. Nice. 
So there yeah, are a few things. Yeah, I'm sure they have something like that down in Miami. So we have to oh, without a doubt. It's all over, yeah. Go on a trip, see Uncle Frank. and Yeah, maybe did, we could do that together. Do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I but, wonder if they make them for two people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't Side by side <laughs> with you? But, I mean, now there's these jet skis and like surfboards, but I think you, oh. you have to have pretty good balance to, to do those. Um, well, great. I mean, that's... Uh, that's cool. Any any parting words? Anything you want to say to each other to uh, um, commemorate on this, this long friendship of 50 years? Yeah, I'd like to say that uh, I'm happy things happened the way they did. I have a lifelong friend that I love with all my heart. Uh, and I'm just happy with my life now. I had a bunch of rough years and uh, now it's my time and I plan to Enjoy it and keep in touch with this guy over here next to me because it's he makes me a better guy and I love him for that. Yeah, same thing, brother. Same thing. Beautiful. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Well, thanks, guys. This is really a pleasure to record this and uh, and now I have to finish uh, putting the party together and thank you so much for helping with the gardening. And, <laughs> And where'd you get the nickname Cheech? Well, in my family, uh, there was a lot of Franks. You know, your Italian families have Peters, Pauls. We had Franks. And I was always the littlest one. And my name is actually Francesco. And in Italian, they just cut it short by saying Cheech. So I got nicknamed with the name Cheech. And I never really used it as I was growing up as a little kid. But it tagged me in the Navy. And from that time on, it stayed with me, and it's been with me ever since. I used to get called it when I was a little boy, because if they said Frank, four, four or five Franks turned around. So I would get called Chi-Chi, and I, would, I knew it was me. Uh, but then my uncles, everybody went, got dispersed all to different places. And then, like I said, once I went into service, I think I basically wanted to use it because I liked it. And uh, I remember that one Navy guy... Uh, Phil Giametti. Giametti. He used to call it to me all the time. And when everybody heard him call it to me, everybody started calling it to me. And then when I come out of the service, it just stuck. So I'm Frankie Cheech. Frankie Cheech. All right, Uncle Frankie Cheech. Uncle Frankie Cheech to you. Thank you. Love you. I love you. We 